Uh, good evening, everyone, or morning, or whatever time of day you are in today. Welcome back to A Light in the Darkness podcast. Uh, it is me, Ben Dubina, and we have a new guest today, or guest, yes. I'm ben also a guest. <laughs> for those of you that Hopefully don't know. Hello, everyone. Yeah. And uh, yours truly, Robert, whoever, whatever your last name is. <laughs> I don't think people really want to know it. Shulganini. Shulganini. <laughs> that's oh, what yeah, it was, correct. Right. That has been my Snapchat for a while. <coughs> Anyways, Ben, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what do you do for a living? Hello, I'm Ben. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Ben. <laughs> um, I don't know. I work or pretend to work sometimes. Saying we all I do. do. <laughs> we all been there. I'm in the long cutting and landscaping industry. I love it. I love doing mulching. I love making people's yards look good. I mean, while we have you here, like, let's promote your business. What's the full name? What's the name? Come on. Ben's Lawn and Landscape. Beautiful. If you're in the area, Rockingham area, county. Rockingham County. Uh, There's a big city I service, Weir's Cave. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, there's a lot of places we serve, and that's one of the biggest areas. So if you're in that area, give us a call. That's great. Don't you have a YouTube channel? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Or is that like we're, are we not allowed to talk about that? <laughs> I don't. How am I just finding out? No, it's it was from a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. we don't talk about the past. Anyways, moving yeah. on. <laughs> you were like one of my first subscribers, Ilya. Yes, I commented. I was like, this saved my life. I know. <laughs> <laughs> teaching teaching me how to um, take care of my tulips saved my life. Yeah, I didn't really use the knowledge, but it was nice to have it. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what kind of ministries do you do here at church? Um, What's your purpose? Yeah, in my life. purpose? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> As a joke, gossip, of course. <laughs> no. We all do. Let's keep uh, it real. Yeah. I don't know. I lead Bible study with Victor Moroz, so that's what I like to do. Yeah. I, someone told me that you're a, also a director of the choir. Is that true? Once, in a, once in a while, yeah. yeah. Once every couple I, of weeks or so. <laughs> I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've seen you behind that podium too. <laughs> once or twice. You were the first uh, preacher, right, in mass conference as well. Or was it second? I can't remember. I think it was you. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. A humble guy. Love, yeah. <laughs> love that. Very heart touching. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> but it, oh, I, you were I, skipping I, the conference. It was very good. <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> Actually, there's a story behind that, but yeah, but we don't care. <laughs> let's move on. No one asks. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess let's go ahead and jump into the verse of the week. week. Yes, Gotta sir. get that going. Uh, uh, ben, would you want to read that for us, or do you, or do you want me to? Since it's out of part in your phone yet. Sure, you could read it. I don't have it up yet here. <laughs> here, I'll read it. It's Proverbs 21, verse 21. Uh, whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. What are your thoughts on that, Benjamin? Me? We can help you out. <laughs> <laughs> we can help you out. I don't know. People who, there's another translation. People who try hard to do good and be faithful will find life, goodness, and honor. So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like throughout the Bible, like searching or yearning to achieve love is like a huge thing. Like that's brought up Mm -hmm. time and time again. And then righteousness, like I hear that word a lot, but it's like, what does that actually mean? But I mean, as you know, we get to know God each and every day, it becomes a little bit more clear and then we'll be able to have life, honor, those things. That is true. Yeah, for sure. It's a good way to look at it. Sure. Where was that verse? Uh, This is Proverbs 21. Okay. Proverbs right. is all about wisdom, right? Yeah. Last time I checked it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got 31 chapters, I think. You could read a chapter a day. Not Came in February. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, February is a, it's a hard month. But, um, yeah, if you read a chapter a day, you'll get it done in a month. And, I mean, a lot of people, too, I guess, don't ever really look at uh, the Bible. They think that, like, oh, it's such a big book, so it's going to take forever to read. But if you really think about it, you can read the whole Bible less than a year almost there's yeah. one thing reading a bible just like skimming through it but then actually like 
yeah. reading it in depth. You Digging know? deep. Like, that's why I love your Bible studies because we don't just read a chapter. We read like, what, six verses? It takes us like three <laughs> hours to get through those. Yeah. Like but I mean, that's, I love that because like, it, it just shows that the Bible is so like, what's the word? It's just so like rich of just things that you can get out of it. You know, just like every word has so much meaning to it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And like one thing I always like to say about Ben, um, is he'll he'll never uh, summarize a verse. He'll make sure to read every word, and he'll flip the word back. <laughs> That's true. And check the back. That's true. You know, and he always asks us how to how do we it. feel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes I get a bug y'all with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it Not makes sense. It makes sense. And it's 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 hard too because like. Um, you'll ask us that and we're like, wow, he said all these, he, he described it so well and we, we're supposed to one-up that. It almost feels like it, but... Um, Maybe you should go last instead of going first. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so, all of y'all were wrong. This is how it's supposed to be. Well, no, I don't try to say it's wrong. <laughs> what did you yeah. say yesterday? Uh, you said something about, well, you could look at it that way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a nice, just a nice way of saying, you're wrong, but here's the right answer. <laughs> For I mean, sure. I'm not saying my way is right or anything, but I mean, there's always context when you look at the Bible, and oftentimes we like to look at the Bible, even in our youth, we'll pull out verses, and out it's of good. Context. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those verses bring encouragement and a lot of, like, benefit to us, but when you pull it out of context, when you look at it all together and try to form theology in that and try to live and base your life on that, you kind of have to look at it all harmonically with the entire Bible. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason why I love like study Bibles that like, you know, explain verses because before I read a study Bible, I had no idea what the context of like when it was written, what that yeah. meant. Yeah, but now exactly. it's like when you actually look into why something was written, some of the verses that you hear a lot don't even have anything to do with the topic they're associated exactly. with. Exactly. You know? That yeah, is true. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, ben, I have a question for you. I know you, uh, you love to spread the gospel a lot. You do it weekly or daily. Um, some can say daily. Uh, but what is the importance of the gospel, at least in your eyes? That's, that's a good question, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the gospel. Deep. huh? That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Y'all throwing them deep questions at guess, me. Yeah, yeah. Did you expect anything else? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was expecting what my coffee order was. What's Which is? <laughs> What's your social security number uh, <laughs> while we're at it? <laughs> I mean, coffee order, same one, all the time. Double shot of espresso over ice with extra cream. Oh, that's yeah. delicious. Yeah. Nice. Wow. No simple. pumps, no sugar. Yeah, no. I'm wow. a simple guy. Healthy guy. Yeah. Ladies, <laughs> listen, he's a simple guy. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, yeah. back I, to your question. Yeah, I, get, I guess one way we could start it off with is what is the gospel like? You, you can, I guess, tell us what the gospel is for those who don't know. Um, that's, I mean, the gospel in a nutshell, it's, I don't know, the gospel always starts with God. It is his message. He is the originator with it, and it's all about God. Um, the gospel is never about us. It's never about anything we achieve and anything we do, but it's there to exalt Christ and it's there to exalt what God did. So the gospel is there. It starts with God. Like if you look at like Isaiah chapter 6 and how Isaiah is able to come to the realization of who he is, and come to faith, in a sense, um, is first he sees who God is. Um, and that's, that's the biggest thing is we have to see who God is. I like a pastor who mentioned that the biggest problem right now in the churches is people don't know who God is. And in light of who God is, we get to see who we are truly because we are faced with a perfect mm -hmm. standard. Uh, we all can compare ourselves with each other and one of us can look better than the other. But when we are compared to a perfect and holy God, that's when we all are shown who we truly are. And that's what Isaiah did when he was standing there before a holy God. He sees his perfectness. He sees his righteousness. And what he does is he says, woe is me, which is like he, he curses him himself, which was a prophet, which is kind of crazy. And he falls on his face and he says, woe is me, because he realized who God is. And the biggest problem I see is that people don't really see who God is. Most people outside of the church or some people even in the church, in they the don't church, realize. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess. They fully understand who God is. Yeah. Like they, they, they have an idea, you know, this 
being, this powerful being, but they don't fully grasp just, you know, how amazing or just any other adjectives you can add or whatever to exactly. describe them. They, they don't like, I, and I know like we'll never fully understand God just because he's so God. Grand. Yeah. 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 The word. Transcendent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But amazing in short term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and part of it is like to know God, you have to have a relationship with him. So that's yeah. like people who even have been going to church their whole lives. If they don't truly have a personal relationship with Christ, they won't ever know God. So that's why it's important that we continue to not evan- not just evangelize to people who aren't with who are outside of the church, but just to continue spreading what's in the Bible in the church. Because we all need, you know, reminders every single day about who God is. That is true. I like how a guy put it this way. He said, the very first word we're supposed to, or very first question we ask when we open the Bible is who God is. Who is he, right? We're there to pursue a person, a being, which is God. So, yeah. I mean, the gospel starts with God, who he is. And when a person sees who he is in light of God, the problem is when a person truly sees who God is, he sees all his sinfulness right before his eyes. It's like a bright light that shines on him, which the Bible does speak of God as light. Mm-hmm. And that's why people run away from God, because he is light. It's like a thief that's robbing a, a bank at night, and all of a sudden there's a bright light that shines on him. He's like, uh-oh, you know, I'm going to run away. Catch me yeah. for all my sins. i got to run. Exactly. Yeah. And as humans, like, we don't want people to point out our flaws we hate it when people look at our flaws that's but that's oh, exactly yeah. what god does he's like oh, this, yeah. Is, yeah. This, this is all this is wrong and that's true that's why it's tough yeah Be- it makes because us by nature mm-hmm. we're, we're selfish so like whenever someone point points it out you can't accept it you can't just say like there's no way i'm that bad exactly. that's why it's always hard for like to to repent or just to accept the gospel because you you're like i don't know how to exp- express it it's just like you look at yourself as like you know, you have just that selfishness, that selfish nature in you always battles the truth and what God has, you know, God's word and everything. Yeah, for and sure. He has, to, has to, to tell us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess a good example uh, we can use or just to point this out is like, um, uh, for for example, our women, they, they might not be happy with how they look or how their face looks or uh, any of that. And um, basically... One thing they could do is cover it up. Like we always, there's people who can cover up their sins, you know, like say they didn't do that and then they could cause more sins and stuff. But like women, they cover up their imperfections with makeup and stuff, you know. That's like a, I guess, just a good example. Like you can look at that. Mm-hmm. You'll never be able to hide what you truly are inside with what you, I guess, yeah, cover yourself point. up with. And yeah. And yeah. we're not even supposed to try to cover it up. Like I think it's First John. Like, since God is light, we we need to be honest and speak truth about, or like, where we're at fall, what our sins are, go into the light and be honest with God, because he doesn't want us to just pretend like, oh, we're perfect, everything's okay, like, I don't sin. No, it's the opposite. Like, you need to confess, you need to tell, you need to get close and yeah. go towards that light. Yeah, that's so true. And God being light, it's like, he is light. That's his nature. Mm. And when we approach him, wanted or not, we are exposed. We are put on display. Uh, we are put in this vulnerable situation in a place where all of our sinfulness is exposed. And we don't want that. And that's why so many people pervert God. And they make a, another God in their own mind. Yeah. Which they're breaking the first and second of the commandments where they, they, they make a God that suits their own being like a butler. Where like, I don't know. They want God to only do what they want, right? Mm-hmm. Snap their fingers and come around running and doing what they need him to do. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So, yeah. And what happens is when we approach God in his light, he reveals to us that we are... Whoops. Phone calling. Sorry. I mean, and we, when we stand before God, he reveals to us that we are sinners, like, practically. Like, number nine, the commandment number nine speaks of do not lie. And if there was no God, if there was no perfect standard, none of us would know that we are liars. But because there is a standard, because there is God, because there is the law, the law is never there to make you become something. It's there only to expose you. Reveal. It's only there. Yeah. yeah. For sure. It's like a mirror. You look yeah. at it and it shows you who you truly are in true light. So when you stand before God, 
he shows, okay, have you lied before? And you say, yes, I have, even a white lie, right? What people call them, or like mm -hmm. a half-truth. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> a lie of omission. Like, you know, like you didn't, just because you didn't bring it up, it's still kind of a lie. It's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So God looks at us and he sees us as liars, right? Uh, commandment number eight. And, and people don't like it when you, when, when you start touching their conscience, mm -hmm. you know, when you start talking to them about who they truly are in yeah, life. Yeah, that selfish nature. Exactly. That's coming out. And that's when people, when, when, when you share the gospel with people, that's the hardest part is to get over that hurdle it's where they realize who they truly are in God's light, and they don't want to be exposed. And that's why people, like in, in John, it says people hate the light, and they run from it. And like when you do it so practically, that's, that's what really makes people see who they truly are. And that's very beneficial, and it's very healthy, because if they don't see who they are truly, they won't really see their need for a Savior, right? So like number eight says, do not steal. Most people think I've, I've really, I mean, I've never really stolen anything, but you look at like downloading music online or how many times we watched like, illegal movies. Exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or <laughs> leaving work two minutes early. Oh, that's right? true. Or mm -hmm. even maybe copying an answer on a test. That's stealing, right? Um, so God sees us as thieves. Well, not only thieves, he sees us as lying thieves. And if you still think you're a good person, there's a problem there because you think a lying thief is a good person which is i don't know um yeah <laughs> red flag <laughs> yeah and i mean if we do like one more even if we like do one more like number seven is do not commit adultery a lot of young people that are not married they'll say oh i've definitely not committed adultery right but what jesus does is he brings the the, the mark so high and the standard so high he says that even someone who has lusted or looked at someone with lust mm -hmm. has already or committed, committed adultery. adultery so yeah. now you're a Thief, adultering, or I forgot. The, the list goes liar. on. Yeah, exactly. Going. You're, you're a horrible person. It, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I like it how um, someone brought it up is the Ten Commandments are like ten canons against your self-righteousness. Mm -hmm. So if like if someone still thinks they're good after those three or maybe four commands, if you bring them up and say you're a lying thief and adulterer and you ask them, do you still think you're a good person? And they still think they're pretty good. You, you, you whoop out the other, I don't know, seven more cannons that God gave you, right? <laughs> to break them down. And the whole point is, like, when you go to the army, they have to break you down before they build you up. That's yeah. true. So, like, the whole point of the gospel is when we stand before God, he has to break us down. He has to reveal to us who he we are. He has to break that inner you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And break, break reliance on you, right? Mm -hmm. And that's he the problem. He replaces you with me. Huh? He replaces you with me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. And then once a person sees who they truly are, and then you can ask them, I mean, if God was to judge you on this basis on Judgment Day, would you be innocent or guilty? And most people will say guilty. Mm -hmm. But there are others who will say, I'm innocent, right? Because I'll ask for forgiveness. Or God is a forgiving God. And then you can point out to them that they broke the first and second commandment because they made a God that suits them. Mm -hmm. yeah. God is not forgiving, right? He's not all forgiving. He cannot just forgive you. You know, God is full of mercy and he is full of forgiving, uh, forgiveness, but there's a basis on which he has to, uh, there's a way he has to forgive you and extend his mercy to you. He's he loving. Be just because right. he contradicts his nature if he's not just and fair. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you look at it, like if I murder your family, like you say your mother and... and Please so don't. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? I'm sorry. <laughs> and I, I murder maybe like your mom and your sisters or like your, your brothers and your father. And I stand before the judge in, in court and I say, you know, judge, I know you're a forgiving judge and I'm really sorry for that. And if he lets me go, in today's uh, day and age, people would, would really say that's a corrupt judge. So when people only look at it in this worldly life, they don't think about it like when it comes to God, that God is a lot harsher of a judge than an earthly judge. He's more mm -hmm. perfect, you know? So when we stand before him and he looks at us and we just ask for forgiveness, he can't just let us go. And it's, we committed a crime against the holy judge, right? It's like, if, if I threaten a person outside of church right now, I might get in trouble, you know? But if I go and threaten a king or a a president, the punishment is far harsher. Mm -hmm. So when our punishment, um, even if it's a lie, one lie here in this world, it seems like it's nothing. 
Yeah. But our, our, when we stand before God in one lie against a holy and perfect judge, he's got wrath and anger against mm -hmm. us. Yeah. You know? So, and then you think to yourself, well, how can you avoid God's anger and wrath? Like, you deserve to be in hell, right? Because you've sinned. And you deserve to be punished by God. That's a good thing to do, actually. A, a good judge will punish crime. And if a judge does not punish crime, what kind of a judge is that, That's right? Corrupt. So, um, so it's important for us, again, it goes back to seeing who God is. It is who he is, his nature, and that he hates sin. And then that person, he needs to realize that he can do nothing to earn heaven. And that's what all the other religions in this earth try to do. Everyone but Christianity, they try to earn salvation by their deeds, by their prayers, like Muslims. Living they, a good life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Muslims will turn to Mecca and pray five times a day, you know. Uh, the Jews, they try to obey the law. Uh, they obey so well, they, they create more laws to the laws so that they can uh, make sure they obey the laws. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, everyone in this world, you look at Catholics, Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, they all try to do good, which is good. It is good to do good. But the point <laughs> is, great to do good. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But if you, if you got a crime before God and you s stand before him and say, yo, uh, like, if you stand before a judge here and you've robbed a bank and shot a guard out the door, and you say, you know, I try to help people cross the road, get money to the Red Cross. I volunteer. <laughs> like, <you> yeah. <laughs> I go to church, you know. He's going to say, what? He would actually get even more angry because. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> he, he would be like, you are only trying to make yourself look better when you're actually really bad. Yeah. And um, when God looks at us and we are over there standing and try to say, oh, I'm actually better than this guy, you know. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Pointing straight at me, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I was pointing that way. Just for the age? Okay. I'm pointing nowhere. We right have here. another guest. <laughs> right here. Um, but, like, the point is when we, when we compare ourselves to God, he looks at us and he says, you know, I can't let you in. And you can't bribe me with I'm going to be good. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to the more Bible studies or I'm going to read an extra chapter a day in the Bible and I'm going to spend extra 15 minutes a day in, in, in researching and studying and stuff like that. That's wonderful. Like, God applauds you for that. But, like, that oh, yeah. doesn't Dude, earn it. It doesn't, right. it doesn't yeah. pay exactly. for, it's, for the sins. You know? it's nothing we could do could ever earn it. Yeah. Exactly. Works will never um, beat faith. Yeah. It's, works. it's like saying to a judge, you know, yeah, I got that big crime, uh, that fine, but let me just talk with you. Let's, let's go to dinner. Let's just <laughs> chat. Let me but, wash your car. But, I, but I'll still hate you at the end of it, is yeah. what he's basically saying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm still not going to like you or love you in any form, but I will spend time with you. Exactly. It's, it ain't going to get anywhere. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So when we say anything like, I'm going to do better, and I'm going to change, and I'm going to mm -hmm. stop sinning, and I'm going to stop or this. Or the, the classic, I'm working on myself. Or I'm yeah. that's a good you one. Know, you know, new year, new me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, the second you put I, or I'm working, you, you're not getting anywhere. You know, the second you start putting in Jesus is working in me, that's when you get changes. That or is so true. Or the Holy Spirit is going to work through me. Or by God's will, I'll get better in this area or something. That's when you start seeing changes. But the second you start being selfish again, and you, you know, once you become a true Christian, the word me, I, that has to go. Yeah. It's all, it's all God. It's all Jesus. Yeah. One thing, uh, I guess this might be a little off topic, but um, one thing you're saying is like people always put themselves in front of God or they um, say that I'm doing all of this. This is me doing it. But in all reality, like I was talking to a couple of people today uh, about they're trying to solve some issues of their own. But they're saying, like, I've been trying. I've been doing everything. Nothing's working. I'm really struggling. Yeah, because and it's like, you're trying. You're trying. It's like you give everything to God. You give everything to God, you don't even care about that situation anymore because you love God so much. You're giving, exactly. You love Him so much. And God was so, um, uh, what's the word, um, loving that He'll even fix that problem for you if, he, if it's in His will. He'll fix that problem for you, and you'll even get that at the um, if it's obviously if it's in his will uh, at the end of the day, you know, and much more down the road that you you'll see that are actually good for you. And like, you know, 
we can always stand there and pray for a new car, for a new house, or for everything, but do we actually need any of that when it's, uh, when we're giving so much time to that instead of to God, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, end of the day, it's just give everything to God and the rest falls behind it. Priorities. Yes, that is true. For sure. But, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh, were you going to say something? Oh, no, no. Okay. Um, okay, so I you also... I interrupted, Ben. I don't think you finished. No, I think that was good. I mean, that was enough. Please stop talking. <laughs> I, we kind of ended off on a good, like on a bad note. It's like, okay, now we're sinners. What, what then? What, yeah. Well, yeah, what's what next? Happens what, what happens then? next? Yeah. Yeah. Is there any hope for us? <laughs> well, when we stand before God, we're exposed. There is no hope for us. But the point is, that's what has to happen. We have to be stripped of any hope in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's when God says, you know what? I love you so much. I don't want you to pay for your sins, but you have to pay for them. Mm -hmm. And what he does is he sends his own son on this earth. He lives a perfect life that you and I couldn't live. Righteous and then, life. Exactly. And then we see Jesus Christ on the cross, and we wonder, what is he doing there? If he was perfect, he wasn't even supposed to die, actually. He was supposed to be alive today, and we were supposed to communicate with him. Yeah, right? Because the wages of sin is death. But we see him on a cross, and we wonder, what is a sinless, perfect being doing on a cross? But at the cross, he is purchasing us. At the cross, he is paying our debt. In other words, if I walk into your courtroom and you have a $100 speeding ticket, and if I walk in and pay for it, the reason the judge can let each one of us go is because someone paid on our behalf. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't anything we did. It was all what someone else did. So when we look at the cross, when we look to Calvary, when we lift our eyes up to the hill there, we see that Christ purchases us. He gives us hope, and it's not in us. Because if you want to pay for your crime, you can definitely do that, but it's going to be eternity in hell. Mm -hmm. yeah. But he says, I want to pay for it at the cross. And that's what he does. And today, um, we, we, by faith, by faith, we accept that. Mm -hmm. we, in other words, people say, what does that mean? In other words, you have, to, um, you have to get rid of any hope in yourself. If, you, if any day you wake up and you say, I'm doing a lot better today, and today, you know, God is going to be more ple uh, pleased with me, and he's definitely going to give me more heaven today than yesterday. You have to strip yourself of that. Mm -hmm. And your reliance is supposed to be on the cross alone, and that it was his payment. And it's not Jesus and me. A lot of Christian goers, they say it's Christ plus works. Mm -hmm. It's what he did and what I do. But to, to uh, that, sorry. Yeah, go sorry, ahead, please. To add to that, Christ and works, right? Like, to me, works is it's only a confirmation of what Jesus has done for us. Like you can use an example, like an example, um, like a relationship, right? Like you can say you love your spouse or your significant other. There's one thing to say something, another to actually act on it. For it's sure. the same thing. So like we say we love Jesus, right? We say we love God. Works is just the, the way we express that love, you know? Works obviously isn't gonna save us, but it's just our like confirmation, just the way we show that love for Jesus. That is true. And a lot of people mix it up with works are going to be part of that helps me get to heaven, right? Mm -hmm. they, they mingle it with the work Christ did on the cross. It's like you stand before the judge and he walks in and he pulls out his $100 bill. Is the judge going to accept the $100 bill or he's also going to accept me helping old people cross the road too? Which one is he going to accept? Is he going to say, okay, I need both to let you go? No, he says the only thing that I'll accept is the, is the $100 bill and nothing else. Mm -hmm. Like, only thing I need is the money. So when we look at, cro at the cross, we see a finished work, meaning that Jesus didn't die 99%, and then we have 1% left for us to do something. Mm -hmm. Jesus, at the, uh, his last words on the cross were, it is finished. In other words, mm -hmm. the debt has been paid fully, right? Paid in full. Exactly. And then on the third day, he rose again. And that's like a, a, a receipt. If you walk into the courtroom and, and they pay your fine, you get a receipt. And that receipt proves that your fine is paid in full. Anywhere you buy, like Costco or like Walmart, they give you a receipt. Which, which Long ones from Costco. Yeah. <laughs> Sharpies, mark it off. I mean, they check it to make sure you actually paid for what you, um, what you have in your cart. Half the time, they don't even look. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, but then <laughs> it also is a good example to show that God is so just or like he... Justice, is that the right word? Just, just, he shows justice or he makes sure it's in place. Is he will never look over something. He will see everything and um, yeah. 
That is, is so true. So perfect. I mean, were you no, what were you, what you were saying is just that just shows like the beauty of the gospel is that the work is already done for us. Like it, it was already completed and that just takes so much burden of our lives uh, away yeah. from us. Like, we don't have to worry anymore. You know, there's still going to be obstacles. There's still going to be, we're going to fall short each and every day. But part of, like, the journey of the believer is just continuously putting your hope in him and what he did. Mm -hmm. Putting it all on God, putting it all on Jesus, what he did on that cross. And that's just kind of what sets Christianity apart, you know, like you were saying earlier from all the other religions. So, yeah, and that's why the gospel is so important. That's why we want to share it. That is so true. And the reason you walk out of God's courtroom and what, what, what you can prove to everyone around, the reason I walk, walk out is because a perfect sacrifice was made. You show them a receipt. Christ is risen from the grave. Look at this amazing thing that happened to me. It could happen to you too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that ignites us today. That truth that nothing in my hands I bring simply to the cross I cling, that I can't do anything. That only ignites us to live for Christ. That mm -hmm. only ignites us wanting to go help old people cross the road. You know, helping, um, I don't know, giving money to the Red Cross and all this other good stuff. And um, that only ignites us. And there's a true actual desire that actually starts to be in your heart for the reason, right? Because so, so many people in the church, they, they, they try to do things, but they have no true desire and no true reason behind them. Some try to earn salvation. They do it just, just because to do or just, you know, to look good or like maybe maybe this is going to get me closer to heaven or yeah, whatever, exactly. whatever else they can think of. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. I had a, I watched this video, this is moving on, but I watched this video uh, today about this man, he, he stood up and he prayed, and he prayed, he's like, he's like, God, I really, I'm struggling right now, I really need money, please send me something uh, to, like, see, or send me something to help me, and then he opens his eyes, and he was standing in the church stands, and the plate comes by him full of money. God's will. He goes, well, if it's God's will. <laughs> and, That's pretty good. Yeah. And um, I guess I was looking at that, and it made me think, like, how do you know if, um, how can you tell if someone, something was sent to you from God, and, and if, your answer, if your prayers were answered, if those are, if it's truly from so God. So, like, how do you know if it's God's will? If it's God's will, yeah. Basically. That's a tough one. <laughs> That's a tough one. Didn't you have like what four? Was it four things that that um, four things to know if it is God's will? Yeah, it was seven things. Or seven things. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, mm -hmm. before we move on, next time we're gonna have the Tarielka walking by. I'm gonna pray that prayer, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it will be God's will. Yeah. We'll stick my hand in there. Um, but <laughs> based on that, yeah, I read a book or listened to a book actually, and. Um, on that topic, and it really blew my mind, is that many people in the world seek for God's will, and they yeah. try to find, okay, who, who do I marry? Uh, what job do I take? Uh, should I become a missionary in like Zimbabwe, or should I, should I continue my studies here? Like, what should I do with my life? These are all practical questions all of us have in our life. But um, the way you, the way the author put it is, the entire will of God is actually in the Bible. There's like seven points. I can't remember exactly all of them, but like number one is you must be saved. The will of God is you must be saved, yeah. number one. Number two is grow in sanctification. You must grow in sanctification. If you look at your life and you're not going in sanctification, well, you're not obeying God's will. That yeah. was his will. Sure. Number three was like, um, I already forgot them. I have them written down. Wasn't I need to look at ob them. Obey or submit? Oh, yeah. Submitting was another one. Submitting mm -hmm. to uh, the government around you, which is in First Peter. We just studied this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? I was it? wondering, like, why does Ben know this? <laughs> it's like, we just studied this. Yeah, that's right. But the point is, what the author makes uh, is that when we obey God's will in all those seven aspects, which... I can pull them up, but I'm, we're not going to waste time right now. Uh, <laughs> is that when we obey God in all those seven aspects, that anything you do with your life then is going to be by God's will. Because if you're living a life of sanctification, if you are saved, if, if you're doing all those things the Bible says, how can you be outside of God's will? That's true. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Like anything you do, it's like, okay, if you're following God's will exactly what the Bible puts it, and you, your desires are then changed to be God's desires. Mm -hmm. So then if you have a desire to marry that person or take this job, that's God's will. 
because you were actually, Same. your desires were transformed by obeying his will in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So exactly. like, if you obey those, uh, those God's will, you can look at this up in the Bible. Read through the Bible and look all the places up that talk about God's will. Obey all of those, and then anything you do in your life will be by God's will 100%, because yeah. you'll be transformed by his desire. For sure. It's been to me many times where I've seen, like you said, relationships like marrying someone, where I've seen a uh, couple break it off because one was saved. One was saved and saw that, um, man, this is not God's will. Like, he sees it sometimes, you know, that, like, it's just not made for us, you know. Like, this person is not saved. They're not street, um, going towards God, you know. And I guess it ties in with that basically pretty well, that, like, when you are saved, you you'll see other people who are uh, trying to be righteous, I guess, act correct and stuff. That's um, true. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I actually just today saw a video. It was like, oh, um, I saw this really pretty girl, and she's Christian, and I, wow, she's great. Like, this must be God's will. She comes, the guy comes up to her, and he's like, I know it's God's will for us to be together. And she's like, whoa, you know, because it's um, just because... It, in your head, you know, you think that this is God's will. Like that doesn't. Very, it's very rare for you God can to confuse God's will with your will. Exactly, yeah. it's really hard. Like the man with the plate. This is what I want. And right. So again, back to those points. So you you have to know what God's will is in the Bible. The second you start knowing those, and like you said, following those, you're you're gonna know what God's will is just in general. So yeah. then, like in little da daily things, you'll know. Like, does it go into this category or is it in this category and then you'll just know that it's this is god's will exactly yeah for sure um yeah and i, I guess we can talk get onto this topic like yesterday we we're talking about uh sin and staying away from sin we we're at the bible study and um i guess i wanted you to just uh let's revisit that and just how do you turn away from sin and stay righteous or try to at least stay righteous? Like, what were those steps that, um, if you can remember them on top of your head? If not, I can pull them up. I, have <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, in our Bible study yesterday, we looked at a few ways. Uh, Apostle Peter was pointing out how we can, um, what we can do to battle and have victory over sin. And one of them, well, one of his main topics was remembering or using your memory as a way to remember who you were who you were, not war, <laughs> who you were <laughs> previously, and um, remembering. It's a lot about remembering. Um, remember who bought you, right? Remember that he purchased you. You are his. Remember that also um, you used to be in a, in a time of your life when you had no purpose, no, no desire for righteousness. And like, being outside of that group right now, you can actually look back at that and you can see that actually I did not have no purpose, right? Mm -hmm. When you were in that group, really, you, you wouldn't really see that. But now when you're a Christian, you can stand from a different perspective. You put on like different glasses and you can see that you did not have any purpose. You did not have any life and, and meaning to life. So it's like, remember that. Look back to that. So why would you want to sin again? Why would you want to uh, live this life and one major thing I think for myself is uh, looking back to the cross mm -hmm. where it's look at any any Christian's life like what what motivated them to live a holy life it was always mm -hmm. Christ right yeah. when they as soon as I need we can see how radically their uh, their life was changed yeah but what was it it was the cross so why is it that today Christians think they can find motivation, they can find uh, this passion to live a holy life anywhere else? Why don't you go back and remember and, and come back to where you found your original and um, original motivation for battling with sin and stay there, right? I like how Alistair Begg, uh, he's a good, good preacher I like to listen to occasionally. Um, he put it this way, that if you don't preach the gospel to yourself all day and every day, you'll revert back to works or uh, Christ plus works. Mm -hmm. That means you'll start to depend on yourself. Mm -hmm. You'll start to look back at yourself and try to find passion in yourself. You'll start to find find meaning and, and uh, motivation elsewhere than the cross. And that's why it's so important to um, preach the gospel because we're so easily 
go back to our default mode depending yeah. on ourselves. Again, that inner you is just going to keep on crawling back. So if you don't preach it and like shut it down on a daily basis with Jesus on the cross, then it's just going to come back, come back, you know. Exactly. And if, if you want motivation for your life, if you want a new kindled fire for, I don't know, reading the Bible, like you don't have any desire to read the word or you don't have any desire for other things, look back at the cross, right? Mm -hmm. Like the reason you open the Bible is to pursue that person that saved you, the beauty of him. Or and like on a personal note, like think back to the day of your repentance, the day of your baptism. Like yeah. go to those really memorable moments in your life where afterwards you felt like a completely changed mm -hmm. individual. Because I feel like so often, like if you've been a believer, not even for a long time, but even just like a couple of years after your baptism, like, you know, you start to face struggle, you start to face temptation, you start to face sin. And it's so easy to, like you said, not remember the person who you used to be. But if you just look back, it can give you the motivation you need to, you know, keep going, keep growing spiritually. Exactly. Amen. Yeah, I don't know if you covered this, but your second or your f first point, I'm pretty sure you did cover it, but um, uh, to stay away from sin and stay righteous is to look forward to glory and remember those ah, yes. who died. Mm -hmm. I, I want to see, I want you to clarify on those the, the who first, died. First verse, we were on it for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah for First Peter chapter 4, verse 1, it talks about that, um, those who, those who have died seized from sin. In other words, those who died, uh, the reason they stopped sinning is because they died. The only way we as Christians can stop sinning, which is our ultimate goal mm -hmm. and our uh, thing we strive for is being absolutely sinless, is death. That's the only, only like um, door or easement or like I guess the entry into sinlessness. So. He's saying, look back to those who already died before you. They, they, what's it called? They are sinless right now. They're in glory, right? So that's a motivation to us as well today that we can look back or we can look actually ahead to our death. We can look ahead to suffering because those who are uh, inflicting suffering to us, they're only doing us a favor mm -hmm. that we are soon to be at our, at our um, final destination, sinlessness. And that's crazy because I feel like I mean, death is scary. Thinking about the end is scary, even for Christians. But that's basically freedom from our sinful flesh. Yeah, like, so we'll no longer be chained. So it shouldn't be scary then. It shouldn't. Like, yeah. I'm not scared of it I, because I, I'm 100% convinced and or know where I'm going after. Yeah. Amen. So we look forward to that because all these temptations, all these battles, battles they're going to be gone. And there's going to be eternal peace. Exactly. But it's also okay for people who you know, even though they are saved, they do believe, like, if you're having, like, some reservation, if you're like, oh, like, I still have so much to look forward to in this life, like, I still want to get married, like, I still want to do this, like, that's not wrong, but it's also just important to, like, shouldn't be a priority. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just be honest with God, be like, hey, like, I'm struggling to realize, you know, I'm struggling to put you first, I'm struggling to not be afraid to, you know, enter forever, to enter um, eternity. For sure. And he will definitely help you with that, deal with that, struggle with that. Yeah, fear that just have. that 100% assurance. Uh, we talked about this not too long ago about finding the 100% assurance. Um, did we? That was with you, right? We talked about oh, Okay. I don't <laughs> know. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it was. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, this will be the last question. Um, could you be saved twice? If you were saved once, <laughs> could you, and you, you, I guess, yeah, I mean, you get the question, right? The, your salvation, could you be saved twice? Okay. You're trying to say or ask him if he can lose in the first place? Yeah, if you can lose. Well, basically, that's what it means. If, if, you, yeah. if you were saved, could you lose um, your spot in heaven, I guess? Yeah, or I feel being like this, saved. this question might ruffle up some feathers. <laughs> Please don't judge Twice should be asked. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Um, I don't know how to answer this question in the proper way. Um, <laughs> uh, Just your honest opinion. Yeah, it, at the end of the day, we said this yesterday, doesn't really matter. Um, if you are truly saved, I mean, you're about to say it anyways. You can go ahead and say it. <laughs> it, it ties in. It makes so much sense that a lot of people, I guess, just don't see it. And Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still... 
I want to see both arguments at its best. Um, I know from my perspective, I didn't do the best job at looking at the, uh, the side that you can lose your salvation. I didn't look at that very well. I know Eric Volokitkin sent me a video today on that, uh -huh. and I started looking at it and looking at it from that perspective. So I know I still have a lot of homework to do on that perspective. So <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, I don't want to be biased in any way. Uh, I know a lot of Christians do hold to the view that you can lose salvation. A lot of verses in Hebrews 6 and uh, chapter 10, they talk about that you can depart from faith if you are once enlightened, that you can, um, and, and partaking in the Holy Spirit, you can fall back or fall away. Um, I mean, those verses can be interpreted in different ways, so, um, but definitely, I guess, there is a view that you cannot lose salvation if you're truly saved, and there's a view that um, you can definitely reject it by uh, losing your faith and departing from it. So, I'm not, I'm not super strong on either yet. Yeah, I feel like each time I hear someone who's really has got like the facts and the evidence to back it up for one way, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And yeah. then I hear someone else who prevents yeah. the other side. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. oh wait, maybe that. <laughs> but exactly. To me, you know, I have a question. Like, look, if you, if you can be saved twice, does that mean you need to be baptized twice? So then, if you do need to be baptized, if you don't. So then does that mean water has more power than Jesus' blood? That's a good point. Just think about that. Yeah. So, so from, yeah. What, from what the perspective I'm getting right now is uh, you believe only you can only be saved once. That's what, I'm, that's I, what I believe. Yeah, that's personally what I lean towards, too. Um, a lot of people say this is a, if I, don't tell me if I'm wrong, this is a Calvinistic view, right? I guess it is. Because... Um, a lot of people say that, and I mean, also another thing I don't get to, don't really get to hear a lot is, I think Ilya, you said when we were walking up about Calvinists, like, they, they do have some of them, like, what was, what did you say? I, I forgot, to be honest. Do you remember? I was just saying, like, you know, like, I feel like growing up in this church, like, I always, like, had this negative view of Calvinists, yeah. or like the Calvinist view, but yeah. then, like, as I got older, I started to interact with some people who either were you know full-on calvinists or just like lean more towards that perspective mm -hmm. and i was like wow this is one of the most like god-fearing like wisest people i've ever met and it's like you know they're an example to me so it's like mm -hmm. i was a little bit more open to hearing that side that i Same. used to never hear Same. yeah but i guess i think it's one of those things that it's it's um we, we like to debate about, we like to look at, but like... Fundamentally, it's not even important. It's not even yeah. that important. And biblical exactly. scholars have been trying to figure this out for so long. If they can't go in agreement, like, yeah. who am I, little exactly. me, how yeah. am I going to know exactly. the for truth? Sure. <laughs> That's how I wanted to wrap the it up. The most important is, is just to be saved, you know. Exactly. Have if, a personal relationship with God. Yeah, if you're Everything looking... Everything just doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. If you're looking forward to be like, oh, I, I am saved, but it's okay if I lose it, I can be saved again. That's you know, that's different. That's that's a then wrong. You're not oh, you're yeah. not looking at it correctly. You're not you're not, a, you're not truly saved to begin exactly. with. Exactly. You're not truly you're saved if you like think that. that. Another example is you know, if if the difference between the two views is that we're both afraid of sin. But one is afraid of sin because they're they're afraid that they're gonna lose their salvation. But the way I guess all of us lean towards is that we're we're afraid of sin. Why? Because we love Jesus that much. And an example is like when you love a person, or like say a wife or a husband, you're not gonna purposely try to, you know, hurt them or or do wrong for them. Exactly. Of course it happens. We're all, you know, we're all human. We all mess up. Same thing. We all sin. We're all obviously gonna fall. But if you truly love that person, you're gonna try to make it up. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna apologize. You're gonna make it up. Same thing here. We love Jesus. And we, no matter how many times we fall, we love him so much that we're always going to go back to him. That is true. That's, so that's what I believe in. For sure. and and the, sorry, the difference between like a righteous and a non-righteous person isn't that the righteous person will never fall, will never fail, and the unrighteous person continues to sin. It's mm -hmm. They both sin. It's just no matter how many times the righteous person falls, they'll always look lean towards God. Look back at the cross. Like look we look back at the yeah. cross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and if, if you look at your life, I mean, like you've been mentioned, that the reason... Uh, you stay away from sin is the love that drives you, that 
to stay away from sin. If you see that you are sinning more, that means your love is a little bit lukewarm. Yeah. Where do you ignite that love again? You look at the cross. Exactly. You, you come back to the cross to Calvary. For sure. We've come full circle, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Everything sure. links together. Yeah. I guess that's a good way to end it. Right. Thank you so much, Ben. Amen. No, thank you guys for hosting. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blessing. It took, it took a couple convincing, but we got you on. <laughs> I'm glad that you came on. And after all, you did very great. And I, I think you did great. I'm bad at speaking. If oh, please. Yeah. That's for our <laughs> listeners to Says the to one decide. who almost made me cry at a conference <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah>. with his <laughs> preaching. Who said that? Says the one who uh, almost made me cry with his Sorry, I was that bad. Oh, yeah. I Sorry, I was that bad. I straight up teared up. You were great. It was amazing. (laughs) Almost made you cry. You're standing there in front of so many people. I'm like, yes, that's my boy. Preaching the gospel. Amen. Exactly. No stuttering. You were just rolling. I was the the guy in the back screaming, amen, brother Ben. I heard it. No, No, but I mean, definitely it was great. I'm glad. Like, I always try to look up to people like you who are no, putting don't so look up much to me. <laughs> You're humble. You're just a great example. You're a good you know? example is what I'm trying to say. Is, um, Maybe just because I'm taller than you, you look <laughs> Oh, yeah, that oh. might be it. That might be it. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm going to lower my seat. There you go. Perfect. Now I have to look up to you. Now I got to lower my seat. Oh, wait. It goes down. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. Ben, would you like to... Uh, Go ahead and end the podcast. Anyways, this, I guess, concludes our podcast. Thanks, guys. Yeah, please subscribe, (laughs) share this message. And, yeah, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. We love you guys, as Anton says. Yeah. (laughs) That was good. That was great. I thought you were going to end it. I was waiting.